Let's keep pressing in. So we've been talking. Let me uh, get into this. We have been talking about the Holy Spirit a couple of weeks ago. If you've missed it, it is on YouTube. It's on Facebook. Uh, We have a podcast. You can always go back and listen to it. But two weeks ago, I talked about why we even need to talk about the Holy Spirit. Because uh, there's a lot of misunderstanding, there's a lot of false teaching. Some have, some churches still even talk really against the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit. They say, oh, that stuff doesn't happen anymore. Uh, last week I talked about the power of the Holy Spirit and how the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the primary purpose is to give us power to be a, who knows, a witness, right? That's why God said, wait in Jerusalem until you receive power. And then he said, and go out to Jerusalem and other most parts of the world. Amen? Uh, now, I'm really backdating because there's a reason here. Last summer, I took the entire summer going over the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And uh, if you miss that, again, you can always go back and listen. You know how important this whole, the fruit of the Spirit is? Incredibly. Because I'm going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit But if you see somebody operating in the gifts of the Spirit without the fruit of the Holy Spirit, can I tell you how messy that is? Let me give you an example. Paul shares this out of 1 Corinthians 13. It's the love chapter, but check it out. I'm just going to read it. I don't have it on the screen. But he says this. He goes, if I speak with the tongues of men and angels, that's a spiritual gift, right? He says, but I have not love. Love is a fruit of the Spirit. So if I have the gift, but I don't have the fruit, he says, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Then he says in verse 2, if I have the gift of prophecy and I can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, another gift, and I have faith, which is another gift that can move mountains, but I don't have fruit of love. If I don't have love, he says, I'm nothing. And then he says, if I give, and what, you know, Pastor Colin was talking about giving. If I give all I possess to the poor, surrender my body to the flames, but if I don't have that fruit of love, I gain nothing. And so we're going to talk about the gifts, but I want the backbone of that to understand we've got to have the fruit of the Spirit. We've got to have love. We've got to have joy. We've got to have peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All of those need to be in our, operating in our, in our life. And when we do that, the gifts of the Spirit just begin to flourish. Amen? Amen. So, so we are going to get into the gift of the Spirit. Uh, the reason is because it's often confusing, not because Scripture is not clear. Scripture is very clear on the gifts of the Spirit. But because so many people approach this subject through uh, the lens of their tradition, how they've been taught, this is how I've been taught, or just their experience. How many times do you know we sometimes interpret Scripture by what we've experienced? And, and the problem with that is that we all have different experiences. It's all different. We've got to have a baseline. We can't allow tradition or experience to be how we interpret this. We have to go look through the lens of Scripture, God's Word. Our quest in life is to be a biblical Christian. Amen? Amen? That means that we live and believe according to what the Bible says, not tradition, not opinions, not any of that. And so that's the frame that we want to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. Now, let me give you a a quick definition of uh, the gift of the Spirit. This is a fill-in in your notes. The gift of the Spirit is a supernatural blessing through individuals for the benefit of whom? Others. How many of you know God does not give you the different gifts of the Spirit just so that you can hide out in your room and say, Ooh, God gave me the gift of healing, so I'm just going to lay hands and pray for myself. God's given me a word so that I can just speak it to myself. No, God does it so for others. So uh, the gift of the Spirit should, it should never be elevated over the purpose of the gifts. Right? Oh, I got this gift. What is the purpose of the gift? It's for building other people up. We can't like, oh, you know, and all of the gifts working together really accomplish that purpose. It's all the different gifts. So there's a four lists in the scripture found in 1 Corinthians 12. There's two lists out of Romans 12 and then out of Ephesians 4. So four different lists, and these are all the gifts that are listed in there. 
There's 20 different gifts that, that are listed there. And, and I know, listen, if you grew up in a Pentecostal or charismatic church, you might be surprised to see some of these gifts on that list because we don't always talk about that, right? We talk more about the supernatural ones there, but it's like, you know, administration, yeah, yeah you know, or uh, mercy, giving. Uh, those are gifts. But here's the other thing, other side of the coin. If you grew up in like Baptist or Methodist or Lutheran or Presbyterian, you would expect to see some of these on there, but there's some of them that you had been taught are no longer available anymore. But the scripture doesn't teach that. Listen, there was a doctrine that came out, and it's called uh, cessationist, and cessationism is a doctrine that spiritual gifts such as speaking in tongues, prophecy, which we you know heard today, healing ceased with the apostolic age. It was developed during the Reformation, around the 1500s, uh, particularly associated with Calvinism. So uh, listen, I could cover all of that. I could spend more time. There is one scripture in the New Testament, in 1 Corinthians 13, that says, yes, some of these gifts are going to end, but the disagreement we have is when they're going to end. They think that they ended at the apostles. We believe that they're not going to end until we get to heaven. So uh, I could spend more time on that, but I'm not going to. I could spend time talking individually about the uh, individual gifts, but we would go through the whole summer of that. But instead, I want to just talk about some of the principles regarding their gifts and their use according to Scripture. Because regardless of your background, I want us to, our heart to be open. Open our mind, Lord God, to what your word says, uh, not tradition. Amen? Amen? So I'm going to get into these principles. Number one, first of all, God's the one that gives the gifts. Right? That's so basic. First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, it says there are different kinds of spiritual gifts... But the same Spirit is the source of all of them. Amen? How many of you know the Holy Spirit? He's the source. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. And I love this. This is out of the New Living Translation. A spiritual gift is given to who? Each of us. Right. Does that mean everyone? What if you don't know what your gift is? Do you still have one? Yeah, you know it, you just don't know what it is, right? So everybody's been given one. Why? So that we can do what? The purpose of the gift is so that I can help other people. Now, the gifts are supernatural, and I just want you to understand, you have been uniquely gifted by God. It's, even though there's only 20 gifts, how many of you know prophecy may look different in one person as opposed to somebody else? right? The, the ministry, the gift of helps looks differently in you than it does in somebody else because you are a one of a kind. God created you unique. You're not a copy. You're not an accident. You're not overlooked. You're not left out like, oh man, I don't have that gift. No, all believers, I believe that all believers operate in the gift, should operate in the gift of the spirit. Amen. amen. One thing though, nobody operates in all of them. Right? Nobody has all of them. You may be gifted in knowledge, teaching, leadership. Others may have the gift of mercy or giving or faith or discernment. Uh, some have this gift of healing, tongues, interpretation, whatever it is. You may have one, two, three, five gifts, whatever it is. Everybody's different. That's what, there's no cookie cutter in this aspect right here. So uh, a couple of things. First of all, uh, understand that some of us have primary gifts that we operate in, but that doesn't mean that God's not going to use you in another gift. I think one of the tragedies that we've done, how many of you have ever taken a spiritual gift test? I don't have any problem with them other than the fact that sometimes people take it and they're like, oh, this is my gift and that's all God's ever going to use me in. Right? They, they negate all the other ones, and it's like, you know what? That may not be your primary gift you operate in, but God may give you a word of knowledge that you never... Th like, Whoa, I didn't... No, that's not my gift, God. I'm arguing with that. No, if God, God can give you any gift at any moment, but there are going to be some primary ones. But also, I want us to understand that just because you may not be gifted in a certain area doesn't mean that's your excuse to never operate in that area. What am I saying by that? Because uh, some of those gifts that are listed, like evangelism is one. And, and I'm telling you, I have heard this. 
People have said, well, I don't have to share my faith because that's not my gift. I don't have the gift of it. And not only do they not, they refuse to because that's not my gift. But think about this one. Mercy is one of the gifts. Does that mean like, oh, I don't have to be merciful. I can be hard and mean to people because that's not my gift. I can be Mr. Sandpaper and be abrasive. What about giving? Giving is a gift. Oh, I don't have to give. I heard Pastor Colleen talking, but you know what? That's not my gift, so I don't do it. Or the gift of helps. Nope, I don't have the gift of help. Somebody else go stack the chairs, right? Somebody else go work in the nursery, whatever it is, right? Somebody else. I don't have that gift. Listen, uh, we are to operate in those areas, but when we talk about a spiritual gift, it's over and above. There are some people that have that gift of evangelism that it's just like, you know, they ooze off, but we all are supposed to share our faith, amen? So all of those areas. So uh, all of them are, no one's better than anybody else. Don't think because they got this gift and I got, oh, man, I don't have that gift. So all of the gifts are important. Amen. How many of you think your, your pinky is important? Right? Well, it's not that important. It's like it's not as important as my thumb. Uh, you know, I need that. I need my opposable thumbs, right? That's important. All, every part of the body is important. And don't ever accept the lie that you are less important than somebody else. Okay? Don't ever accept. Anyway, let me move on. Number two, second principle, spiritual gifts should be desired by all believers. It's not a bad thing to desire spiritual gifts. God has given them for a reason and for a purpose. And Paul even tells us in 1 Corinthians 14, follow the way of love. Notice the fruit there. Follow the way of love, but then eagerly desire spiritual gifts. I should desire those. Why? Because I want God's gifts so that I can be a blessing to other people. Amen? Pray that God will use you in the gifts of the Spirit. It is a right thing. It is a good thing to desire that. Like, oh God, I, I want that. And sometimes, let me just say this, if you hear it a lot, sometimes we make the mistake of pursuing the gift rather than pursuing the reason the gifts are there. All right, does that make sense? Uh, if it doesn't, I'm about to explain it. I, I have a hammer here, and uh, how many of you know this is an important tool to have if you're building a house? So if you're building a house, uh, what's more important, having a hammer or building a house? You need the house. The house is more important, am I right? This is just a tool that, that we use to build the house that we need. And uh, whatever the situation is, how ma however much you may love your hammer, the goal is not to own a hammer. The goal is to build a house. Does that make sense? I want to build a house. So God gives us gifts from his spirit in order to build up lives, change lives, and change people. So if I desire a spiritual gift just so that I can go around and say, ooh, I got the gift of prophecy, you know, that's not any different than somebody walking around, ooh, I got a hammer. <laughs> I got a hammer, man. I got a hammer. And I'm going to hammer somebody with it, right? No, these tools are given, the gifts of the Spirit are given so that we can build up other people. So don't just seek the gift so that you can have a gift. Seek the gift so that you can build into other people's lives. Does that make sense now? All right, so here's the thing. I believe a successful service is when people begin to sense the presence of the Lord, point people to Jesus, amen, where all the gifts, all the gifts are taking place. And here's the thing. Whether or not a certain gift takes place, can I tell you, that's irrelevant. Oh, God, which, how many of you know God's the one that determines which gifts are going to happen? You know, wh whether the ultimate goal takes place is Christ lifted up and our people drawn to him. Amen? So, you know, e even like this morning, I mean, there were several words that came forward and uh, powerful, right? Last week, we didn't have any words like that come forward, but how many of you know it was just still powerful? There were still gifts that were operating, Sometimes we don't think, oh, unless there's a word from God, oh, well, that wasn't, you know, in a good in service, you know. Uh, all of them were important, amen? So exhorting, strong, worshipful presence. And, 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 and I love my Christ-like guys over here because I told them this last week, man, last Sunday, and even this morning, 
uh, they were worshiping God, and it was like, man, that just that was that that exhorting. I got caught up in that just by them worshiping the Lord. Amen. We can encourage one another in that. How about you know when, when a service is going? How many of you know that the gift of administration is important? Uh, have anybody ever been to a chaotic service? Like, man, this is like a zoo, right? That's when you know you need the gift of administration. Amen. So the goal. People are drawn to be closer to Jesus. Amen? Number three, all the gifts are important and needed. All of them. They really are. There's not, eh, I don't need that. And, and you know, one of the, uh, there's two lists out of 1 Corinthians 12, I told you. But right smack in the middle of those two lists, Paul gives this, uh, this analogy here. And I just want to read it to you. It's not going to be up on the notes or anything. But it's 1 Corinthians 12, starting at verse 12. And he says, The body is a unit made up of many parts. And though all of its parts are many, they form how many bodies? One body. And then he says this, So it is with Christ. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. The foot should never say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. It would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. And the ear shouldn't say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. It would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, that would be weird. Oh, it doesn't say that. Where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, I love this, God arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be, I like this, seem to be weaker and indispensable. You know how many people feel like they are, in, are, they are dispensable in the body? Ah, I'm not really important. I'm not really needed. Nobody would notice it if I'm not there. I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm dispensable. No, he's saying that everyone is indispensable. Now, I really want you to hear that. Because if you've been thinking that you're not important, you've been listening to a lie of the devil. Everybody is important. And he goes, and the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. God has combined the members of the body and has given greater order, uh, honor to the parts that lacked it so that there may be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices. Now you are the body of Christ and each of you are a part of it. Anybody that's walking on camera, you're part of the body of Christ. Don't think, I'm just sitting on my couch. I'm not important. Everybody is important. Amen. Amen? That's the message of the gospel is that God so loved the world. Amen? That's all of us. So uh, everybody's important. All the gifts are important. And, and like I said, sometimes I might hear, oh, you know what? Why aren't the gifts of the Spirit in an operation? And, and, and when they say that, what they mean is, why isn't there a tongues or a prophecy or something going on? Sometimes that happens, sometimes it doesn't. Some have focused on one gift as proof if the Spirit is moving, to the exclusion of all the other gifts that are taking place. Listen, my prayer is God let all the gifts be in operation in your church. Amen? All of them. But let me tell you, uh, and I kind of touched on this, in all of my years of being a pastor, I've never had somebody at the end of service say, wow, man, that was a powerful service today. Administration was just flowing. <laughs> Have you? I've never heard that, right? But let me tell you, you don't miss it when administration is flowing, but you do miss it when it's not flowing. Am I right? And, uh, and so that's important. I mean, administration, Randy is our church administrator. He doesn't have that title. Yeah, he doesn't have that title just because it's like, what title can we give him? That really is his gift. And, and we know it because he owns a lot of sticky notes and has a lot of lists. So uh, that is not my gift. You can just ask him. You can ask my wife. That is not something I flow. Even Timothy, you know, leading a worship team, and Christina knows you've got to have a little bit of an administrative gift, right? It's got to be there. Uh, as a church, how many of you know we need the gift of hospitality? 
We don't find the grumpiest people and put them as greeters at the door. Amen? How many of you know we want people to, to have that gift of hospitality? It makes people feel warm. Uh, we need people with a gift of teaching, whether it's in our small groups, whether it's in our kids' church. We don't want to just, oh, you know what, just go in there and occupy them for a while. No, we need people with that. We need people with the gift of helps. I love it when we have a function and it's time, you know, we got a small building here. How many of you guys realize that? And when we have a function, there are people that help set things up. There's people that help tear things down. We need that. And let me just say, when it comes to help, uh, I'm just going to say this. It might be a little convicting. I hope so. Uh, That's my goal. It shouldn't be a challenge because my wife is the one that makes sure there's somebody in the nursery every week. And it shouldn't be a challenge to get help in the nursery. Amen. Those of you that said amen, there'll be a sign-up list. No, I'm just kidding. You guys don't know what it's like sometimes trying to find kids that will, or people that will serve our kids. It's like, uh, why is that such a challenge? We need that gift of help. Some people are like, well, that's not really my gift. We got a gift of helps, right? If there were like six or seven ladies or eight ladies that would help in our nursery, how many of you know you would, you would once every two months? That would be powerful right there. And so, yes, I threw that out there on purpose. So uh, <laughs> let me move on. How many of you know we need the gift of mercy? Yes. We need that. Our world is harsh out there. Our world is quick to judge and condemn people. They need a place where they can come and find mercy. That means not getting, you know, the things that they deserve. The world will treat you like you deserve and worse, Right? But Christ doesn't. We need people with that. We need people with a gift of wisdom that have a knowledge. We need people with a gift of faith. And that's like, well, you know what? We can't do that because I looked at the budget and I saw this, that, and the other thing. No, we need people that will rise up and say, man, God says we can do it. Let's go for it. Amen? Amen? The gift of exhortation. Uh, uh, and I believe that was an, uh, an exhortation gift that came forward earlier and which inspired other people to give a word. The gift of prophecy, we need that. And and I'm going to pause on this one for a minute because uh, the gift of prophecy is one that's often misunderstood. And at this time in the church age, it's horribly misused. Can I say that? So I want to read a little bit of a portion of a book. It's called Back to Acts by a man named James James Cossey. He's a leader in the Church of God, uh, the Pentecostal Church of God. But he, he writes this about prophecy. He says, While the gift of prophecy may at times have a futuristic message, at times, it is primarily, everybody say primarily, a foretelling of revealed truth, which means I'm giving a word right now for today that somebody needs to hear. He goes, rather than a foretelling of futuristic events, there are examples in Scripture of both, but since the New Testament time, more often prophecy is an inspired message Uh, given in the local church without any predictions and has immediate application to existing needs. How many of you saw that today? Right? It wasn't like, you know, in 2028, this is going to happen or whatever is going to happen. No, it had immediate application today. And uh, it says, while preachers are often prophetic, forthtelling, so sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm giving revealed truth right now, right? I'm sharing stuff. The gift of prophecy is more than preaching a sermon. It's not just preaching, oh, well, we got, you know, our pastor preaches. It's more than that. It's the ability to receive an spirit-inspired message for a specific need or situation and deliver that message to the congregation. That's what it is. It doesn't have to be predictive of of futurist events, and most often it will not be genuine prophetic foretelling it's a gift of the holy spirit to the church and it should be cherished and protected from abuse amen so if you've tuned out i want you to tune back in for this next part here he says this silly sensational predictions in the name of prophecy should be rejected as pathetic rather than prophetic ow right 
Let me give you an example of what he says. He goes, the charismatic landscape, talking today, is strewn with the damage done by strange predictions and declarations from predicting whom a person should marry to prophesying who will be the next president. I know. Abuses of this gift abound. All you got to do is go on YouTube. Am I right? There is some strange people up there, and they're giving these, oh, this ought to happen, that ought to happen. Let me move on. He goes, one thing, you, and this is so important, you can always remember, if God said it, it will come to pass. Right? If God didn't say, if it doesn't come to pass, it wasn't God. It really is that simple. It really is. And when somebody says, uh, the Lord told me this, and it doesn't happen, then guess what? God didn't tell them. And, and, and let me just say this. You can't prophesy and say, God told me this, it doesn't happen, and then you come back later to revise your prophecy. Uh, excuse me, uh, uh, God really meant this. And then that doesn't happen, and then you do a revision to your revision. It, it doesn't work that way. If God said it, it's going to happen. And listen, we're human. Sometimes we miss it. Sometimes you may feel like you got a word from God and you speak it. And listen, if that happens, how many of you know this thing is, uh, I was wrong. I was wrong. I apologize. And you know what? Sometimes we just need to shut our mouth. Okay, let me move on. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I mean, we're living, it's like, did you hear this guy said this or that person said that? And it's like, you know, it's all everything within me just to say, you know what? Let me move on. See, that does more damage to the body of Christ and the Holy Spirit and the prophetic word than, than anything. Because you got kooks out there saying that heaven is full of jello, right? We talked about that. You got people out there saying, you know, oh, when you get to heaven, it's going to be like this Disneyland experience. I'm not even making that up. There's some weird stuff out there. The gift of prophecy, it is not about predicting the future. It's that bold declaration of revealed truth that God has already given us. Amen? So we need that. Let me move on. We need people with the gift of giving. We really do. If we're going to do the things that God's called us to do, and, uh, you know, my wife didn't know what I was going to share, but it's like uh, we have in this church people that have that gift of giving. And I, that's over and above that tithe. Uh, and, and without revealing any names, I don't know if you guys realize, probably the, the biggest giver to this church does never, has never even stepped foot in this church. And you're like, what? <laughs> I mean, one year, a couple years ago, they sent a check for $42,000. The year before that, they sent a check for seventeen. It's like, what? They've never even stepped foot in this church. But let me tell you, they have the gift of giving because they haven't done it just to this church. We know about three or four other churches that they do the same thing at. God has blessed them financially. They've got a gift of giving, and they are about building the kingdom of God. That's impressive to me. I'm like, man, we need that. We have 10 acres of property, and we're, we're trusting God. We're, we're like taking steps like this. Okay, God, it's by faith. But you know what? It's going to take people that have that gift of giving to happen. Why would we want to do that? Because it's about, remember, the purpose of the gifts are to build the kingdom. We want to build the kingdom. And so we are taking that steps in order to do more for God's kingdom. Anyway, let me, I, I could go on about more of the gifts right there. I think the point is we, all, we need all the gifts working, amen? And each one of you are so important. There's a core reason I believe that some people are not used in that area. Sometimes they think, oh, well, I'm just too young. I'm too young in the Lord. I haven't been a Christian very long. Maybe I've done too many bad things. All right? Oh, yeah, God will never use me. Let me, I want you to hear this. If you are a follower of Jesus, God, maybe I think I have it up here. God wants you to be used in the gifts. It's not just for a select few. Amen? God wants to use all of us. So, so what gift do you have? I mean, you can read through the list again. My guess is that you're probably already operating it to an extent you just don't even realize it. 
Right? You don't even, and, and if you still struggle with that, listen, set a time and come talk to myself, Pastor Colleen. You can talk to Sean and Pat. We can help you identify some of those gifts. Uh, God's ultimately the one, but, you know, we've been around doing this enough that we can help. Okay, God's got this. This is something that's in your heart, and, and, and you'll, you'll find out. So, uh, number four, God determines which gifts operate. It's not me. I didn't push a button this morning and say I want a gift of prophecy, you know. I want this. And let me just say, I don't try to manipulate anything either. It's not about that. We kind of have the general flow. Pastor Timothy had the songs. They're on the song list. They were on there. I got my... So we kind of have an idea. But at all times, we always have to say, Holy Spirit, if you want to take things in a different direction, it's your, it's your, job, it's your thing. Right? If you want things to go a little bit longer, then who am I? Oh, I'm sorry. We're done with the song list. We're not doing it anymore. Right? Close it up. Shut it down. It's time for me to preach. Get out of the way. I got a message to share, right? No. We've got to allow the Holy Spirit. And listen, sometimes there'll be a word. Sometimes there's not. What, what, what does God want? That's what the thing is. That's what we want. We want to leave room for the Holy Spirit to do whatever he wants to. Amen? Amen. Principle number five, the gifts of God require obedient believers. I want to tell you, God wants to use every one of you. But how many of you know we can absolutely stop that with our disobedience? Right? There's times that I have sensed God wanting to speak a word, you know, throughout my years of ministry, and I waited. I feel like somebody's got a word. I, you know, I mean, God's putting that on my heart, and like, it's crickets out there. And so I had to come to the conclusion, either I was wrong, which is very possible, because I don't know it all. I make, I make mistakes. Or somebody was disobedient. It's one of those two, and a lot of times it's probably me. I, I, I'm more than willing to admit that. Uh, same thing is true. Sometimes tongues and interpretation, the Scripture says, there shouldn't, you know, if there's no interpretation, don't give the tongue. My thing is like, how do you already know? Because there's times that there's been a tongue, nobody interpreted, and it's like uh, usually either the person was wrong in giving the tongue or somebody was disobedient in giving the word out. And I have seen this happen more than one time where we're waiting because the scripture says unless there's an interpretation and we're waiting and we're waiting and all of a sudden somebody gives the word, the interpretation, and I've had people, two or three people come up to me after service like, man, that was, that, that was the exact word that I was feeling and they were like giving confirmation and I was like, well, why didn't you share it? Because this is my imagination. It's like the Holy Spirit, oh, he's giving the interpretation to you. And you're like, oh, wow, is that God? I don't know if that's God. I'm like, and then it's like, well, you're not being obedient. Let me go over to this person. And then they're like, oh, wow, that's a good word. I don't know if that's me or if that's God. And we're like debating on it. And, and you're not being obedient. So now the Holy Spirit's coming over here and tapping this next person. Finally, somebody's obedient. Everybody's like, oh, man, that was God. I knew that word. Okay, so part of that is my creative mind thinking. I don't know how it works, but I do understand that sometimes we just hinder the flow of God because we're not walking in obedience. We have to be available. God is not going to take over your mouth, right? God is not going to take it over, so we have to be willing. So spiritual gifts operate only with human availability. I've got to be available. And, and I feel like I need to pause again, and, and I want to preface this like, like, I want your permission. Can I be real with you guys, and you still love me after I tell you what I'm about to tell you? Yeah. All right, so you don't know what I'm going to tell you, so you just gave me a whole range right there. But I want to address something that has happened in church uh, culture, almost every church that you encounter, where there's something that is going on, and, and it's something that we have embraced, and I feel like we've got to fight against that. Two things. Number one, if, if we're late to service or if we're in a rush in the last minute, how many of you know it's hard to have your heart prepared to be used by God? Because I'm in a rush, I'm in a rush. I mean, I used to wake up, anybody like this, you wake up two minutes before you have to leave the house, and then you're just in a rush and you're frazzled. I stopped doing that years ago. I get up early because i got to have my time with the Lord. I mean, Sunday mornings when I wake up, I get up usually around 5.30. I don't have to get up that early, but I know that I've got to prepare my heart. 
I got to have my heart prepared. And sometimes when we're late, we don't sense the flow of God. We don't sense the flow of the Spirit because something else mattered more. And when we're in a rush, it's just difficult to quiet ourselves down from, uh, is life chaotic or what? And to listen to the Lord. So please hear my heart because I'm not trying to be uh, mean or dogmatic or anything. But even when we miss service for a variety of reasons, and listen, I understand if somebody's sick, uh, if you're on vacation, whatever, I am not into legalism, no condemnation. But if you miss uh, because, nah, I just didn't want to be here today. I'm not feeling it. How many of you know if you just do what you feel, you're probably not going to do the right thing? right? I'll catch it online. I'll see what's going on online. Uh, you know, I, I'm kind of tired. I'll sleep in and I'll check it out Sunday afternoon or something. Or, or I have family coming, so I can't make it. And again, I'm not trying to throw any condemnation, but I'll tell you, Pastor Colleen and I, years ago, we made the decision, we're committed to church. Before we were ever even in ministry, that was important. When I was in the military and my mom and dad watch online, so they know that this is true. But when I was in the army stationed in Hawaii, everybody got go say, poor you. Yeah, we had to suffer there. Uh, but when my family would come visit, listen, missing church, missing church was not an option. It wasn't an option. And uh, we went to church and my parents usually went to church with us. Uh, Colleen's family... Her mom and dad, they visited us one time in our entire marriage. That was it. One time. We were in Colorado Springs. I was in the Army uh, still. And, you know, church was important. We were, this was our spiritual family. It wasn't even an option. They knew that it was important. It's like you can either come with us or we will see you when we get back. That was it. And uh, her family stayed back. And we went to church. And then we came back. Right? It's okay. It's okay to, to, to let them know that. So, again, point is not to be legalistic or condemning. Everybody's got to do what you think is right. But I want to tell you, it is important to get committed to that because the church, people are like, like more and more, they are missing church and they're missing community. And it's not like, oh, yeah, you know what, I just wasn't there. I, I'll just catch it later. Man, there is power when we are here. I mean, a few weeks ago, I'm going to point to my Christ-like guys again, because a few weeks ago, they were not here. And let me tell you, when you're missing 5, 10, 15 people, worship is different. Is it not? It's just different. There is something that, that and I know this is a secular term, synergy, that happens when we're all worshiping together. I think uh, Robert was mentioning that, or, or maybe JR was. When you're in a room and everybody is worshiping, and I don't think it's just a secular thing because the scripture says that God inhabits the praises of his people. And when we are all together, when the room is packed and we're all worshiping to God, do you realize supernaturally we are building this throne for God's presence and his presence is heavy. Amen. We can give the... But when there's only a few of us, yes, God is still there, but there's just a difference. My encouragement, don't miss, right? Come early. Uh, military taught me, if you're not... Some of you guys know this. If you're not 10 minutes early, you're what? Five minutes late. Yeah, you're five minutes late, right? So uh, uh, make it important. I mean, let's be honest. If we go to a movie at a movie theater... Even though they seem to have like 45 minutes of previews for movies you're not even going to watch. How many of you know we're on time? Why is that? Because we don't want to miss anything. Listen, can I encourage you to carry that same attitude to the house of God? I don't want to miss anything. I want, I want my heart to be ready. You, here's, the, here's the thing. I don't think I have the fill-in for that. But service is not an event you watch. It's an experience you participate in. And I think we've taught people that the detriment, this is like, oh, for you to come and observe what's going on. No, this is for all of us to be a part of. Amen? You are a part of it. And listen, this is going to be crazy, but make it a priority. Make church a priority. Make it, you know, over the little things that want to take us away. Uh, make it come early, right? Prepare your hearts. Because when you prepare your heart, you may never know the conversation you're going to have with somebody out there having coffee before or after. It's like, I'm coming prepared to minister. I'm coming to prepare to show that. So anyway, I spent enough time on that. Principle number six. So, uh, oh, there it is. 
I did have that up there. Service is not an event you watch. It's an experience you participate in. Amen? Good word, Pastor Scott. (laughs) Number six, gifts of the Spirit are to be evaluated by spiritual leaders. I'm sorry, I'm going a little bit over. I'm going to get there. So he says, 1 John 4, 1, Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if they... If the spirit they have comes from God, for there are many false prophets. Just because somebody on Facebook says, I got a word from God. Am I right? I got a word. You better make sure that it lines up with Scripture. You better make sure that it's glorifying Jesus, right? That it builds people up. That it's a good witness. That it's not... I've seen some prophecies that are just like, what? At the, anybody ever there like, like, what are you even trying to say? I don't even understand it. Listen, it's okay to evaluate that. I I love this quote from Dr. George Wood. He used to be superintendent of the assemblies. He said, a true test of spirituality is whether or not a person can receive correction. Ow! Write that one down if you haven't, right? We should be able to receive that. Last one, and and I'm almost done. The gifts of the Spirit are not just for church service. They should be active in everyday life. God doesn't give you a spiritual gift and he says, okay, you know what? Sunday from 1030 until pastor's done, that's when your gift can be used. Notice I didn't say 12. So uh, when he's done, that's when you can use it. And, uh, you know, last week Robert came up and said how God prompted him to share with the HVAC guy that was coming to his house and, and gave him this word of knowledge and shared that. That's a gift of the Spirit. You may not realize it, but that is a gift of evangelism and a word of knowledge that was active in his life that Monday morning. Wait a minute, that wasn't Sunday. When I'm writing a message out and God's helping me, do you realize God, that's the Holy Spirit, that's a gift right there, right? If you feel like God is calling you all of a sudden to call somebody up, a friend that you know is struggling, you realize that is the prompting of the Holy Spirit operating in your life. Sometimes you may feel a warning in your spirit not to do something. It's not that you're just smart. It's like, oh, no, the Holy Spirit is trying to tell me something, right? Amen? Last week, if you guys were here last week, I told you about the convenience store I always go to. Everybody knows me. I've taken time. Well, I went there after service last week. There was a gal that I've never talked to, and I felt like the Lord said, oh, you need to share with her. So I talked with her a few minutes, found she's been struggling, gave her an invite to church. She's like, well, I work every Sunday. I have no idea. Maybe she'll watch this online. Take those times. Here's, here's the one I want to really challenge you because God may prompt you if you're at a restaurant. Anybody ever get bad service at a restaurant? Come on, let's be honest. They're not filling up your water. They brought your wrong order out. You know, it tasted horrible. It was cold. I don't know. We've all gotten bad service, but maybe you go and get bad service and God is prompting you to leave a large tip and share Jesus at that time at the same time. Not because they deserve it, because they certainly don't, but because you want to, you feel like God's wanting you to demonstrate the love of God and the mercy and the grace of God. Anybody here, anybody ever wait tables? My hand is up because I used to do that. I knew when I gave good service to somebody and I knew when I gave bad service. And once it had crossed the line to where it was so bad because I was so busy, you hardly give them the time of day because you're like, well, I blew that tip. You, some of you guys know what I'm talking about. I blew that one. I remember one time I, gave, I was so busy, I couldn't get to all the tables. I knew I gave this table horrible service, and then I continued to give them horrible service. And then I came, and they gave me one of the biggest tips that I've ever gotten. 30-plus years ago, I still remember that table. Why? Because they blessed me when I didn't deserve it. Right? You go to a restaurant and you bless somebody when they don't deserve it. Let me tell you, and you begin to tell them about Jesus. Hey, listen, this tip isn't from me. God wanted me to give this to you. And, and, and let me tell you, 30 plus years later, they will remember, man, I remember when that person, I gave them cruddy service and they, they told me about Jesus. They told me about, that's the gift of evangelism right there working. And listen, I hope you go out today instead of saying, man, I hope I get good service. I hope you go out and say, man, I hope I get bad service. Because I want to bless somebody. Amen. 
I want to show them the love of God. I want to show them that God wants to give them things that they don't deserve. Amen? That, and how many of you know that's the kind of God we have? So instead of getting grumpy at the table because they didn't fill your water, just say, ha I've got no water. I can't wait to bless this person. Amen? How many of you know it's a mindset? It really is a mindset. And because I believe this, the more you are open to the Holy Spirit, the mo more God is going to use you. The more God's going to use you. So uh, I, I'm going to challenge you. To, uh, can I have everybody stand up? This is my challenge over this next week. To take an extra 30 seconds of your day and to pray this prayer. God, use me in the gifts of your spirit today. I open my heart for you. Help me to see others and hear your voice. God, use me today. Amen. Can we, can we just do that? Can, you know, there's nothing special about lifting your hands up, but can I just have you, like, like raise your hands like you're going to receive something. Now, I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer after me, okay? God, use me in the gifts of your spirit today. I open my heart to you. Help me to see others and hear your voice. Use me today. Amen. Amen. Listen, when you go do that every day, take a couple of minutes and just say, you don't have to say it word for word. There's nothing magical about that. But just say, God, use me today. As I get up and prepare your heart, prepare your mind, say, Holy Spirit, I want to be used of you today. Let me tell you, you're going to start seeing it more and more and more. So we've got a song, and then, then I really felt like... Uh, and I told Pat that, that I, God kept hounding me. He needs to close the service. So I'm like, okay. He doesn't know what I was preaching on, uh, but I know that he hears from the Lord. So we're going to make this song a declaration, uh, and then he's going to come up and share it, and the microphone's right down there. Oh, can you hear it? 
successful at doing that. Pastor talked about that 500 years ago. Control was put into the church by removing something that was uncontrollable. We made it about the Father and about the Son. And those are those are both great messages, but it all comes together. Right? The fulfillment of his promises all came by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Everything that we do and accomplish in Him is by the power of the Holy Spirit. The gifts that He desires to give to each of us through each of us is by the Holy Spirit. Amen? It's not scary. It's very natural. It's very normal. It's outside of yourself, but that's okay. Because He's so much bigger than any of us anyway. But He so much wants us to be used of Him so that His gifts can be given to all men. Mankind created the priesthood and separated it from people by creating laity. God is not a God of laity. God is a God of empowering His children. To bring the church into existence in the earth. Are you with me? And it can only happen by His Spirit. We have to fight against sensationism. We have to fight against false doctrines. We have to fight against these things that try to tell us no. Because it contradicts our natural world. Hallelujah! It contradicts our natural world. He's a supernatural God. And we have to worship Him in spirit and in truth. Amen? You know, Pastor asked me to close. I don't really know how. I think God wants to do something. No one's running out the door. No one's looking at their watch. That means God's got something to say today. Are you with me? Sean, you had something that you felt that you wanted to administer for a time that to allow this to happen today. I want you to come up and I want you to go ahead and feel free to do what you had. <laughs> 